Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Good evening, and welcome back to Too True to Lie with Harry Day. It is Halloween. I've already done a episode about Halloween and its origins, etc., the history of Halloween. So we're just going to do a day in the life, the history of October 31st on this planet Earth. And we've got a lot of material to roll through. I'm probably going to skip most of it. But I just felt like, you know, it's it's a little after 1 a.m. It's just turned Halloween, although a lot of trick-or-treating has already been done. And a lot of Halloween parties have been done because it was Saturday night. I watched Mississippi State beat Kentucky, which who was a ranked team. And State beat them. I'm a Mississippi State alum, so big fan. We had the baseball logo, the M over the S, the interlocking M and S that the Mississippi State baseball uses on their uniforms and hats, etc. They put them on the football helmets tonight, and they looked really good. And there's a board on Facebook where I introduced, I posed a question, or actually a demand, that the Mississippi State baseball MS symbol should be on the football helmets from here out. There, it looks so good. We've been through so, so many different logos over the last several decades, and just they won't settle on one. And this logo is tops, and I just wish that they would stick with it on the football helmets, but. A lot of people don't like it. It's for baseball only. I think they're being snobs. You know, if it's for baseball and successful, how's it going to hurt baseball if it's on the football helmet? Just put it on the damn helmet. It'll be okay, people. But anyway, it is October 31st, 2021. And we are going to look at all the little things through history happened on All Hallows Eve, also known as October 31st. First, we're going to start with, in the theme of Halloween, we're going to start with the deaths of noted people on Halloween, and we're going to go starting with the most recent to the farthest back. The most recent death Happened last year, Sean Connery, the actor, Scottish actor, died on Halloween. And then there's a whole list of people that nobody knows. And so I got to scroll up. Peter Fryer, an English journalist and author, but I don't think anyone else knows who that is. Um, Rosalind Cash, who I believe was either Johnny Cash's... Sister, born in 38. She died in 1995. 
River Phoenix, the American actor, born in 1970, he died on Halloween in 1993. He walked outside of the Viper Club on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood or whatever, Johnny Depp's club, supposedly, uh, after doing a speedball and uh, probably had a massive heart attack, heart failure, and died on the street. Let's see here. Robert Mulliken, a Nobel Prize laureate. Indira Gandhi. Oh, by the way, River Phoenix died in 93. I was uh, in my last year of college. And I was a year older than him. Almost. Now. Indira Gandhi in 1984. The Indian politician. He was the prime minister. You've heard of Gandhi. This is that Gandhi. He was born in uh, 1917. He died on Halloween. They probably don't consider it Halloween in India. Let's see. We're going back up. Not seeing a single. Harry Houdini died on Halloween. American magician and stuntman. Very interessante. Nope, don't know anyone else from the 20th century. Let's go back to the 1800s, see if we know any names. Joseph Hooker, a well-known uh, general for the uh, North in the Civil War, died on Halloween. Leonardo Leo in 1744, Italian composer, died. Oh, by the way, Hooker died in 1879. That would be 15 years after the war. Victor Amadeus, the Duke of Savoy, 1732. Nope, no one else I could recognize from 1600 to 1900. Pre-1600, here we go. Nope, nope, nope. Recall, wait, Recold of Monte Cristo. So that's not the Count of Monte Cristo. Italian, Dominican... Missionary died in 1320. Eleanor of England, the Queen Consort of Castile, died in 1214. Uh, yeah, I just don't know any of these people. Now we can look at all those. There's a long list. This, we'll go through this fast, though. Of people born on Halloween. We won't have to say the date, will we? Because it's on Halloween. Um, Willow Smith, I guess that's Will Smith's daughter, 2000. Let's see. J.I.D., the American rapper, born 1990. Christy Hayes in 86, the Australian actress. Um... Why are all these on here if no one knows who they are? I mean, no one knows who these people are. I am rolling through some names of... Just, I don't know who these are. Piper Parabo, an American actress, 1976. Uh, Paul Abrams, an English footballer. That would be 1973. Adam 
Schlesinger was an American bass player and songwriter. 1967, it doesn't say who he was... Uh, played with. Vanilla Ice, born on Halloween. An American rapper, television personality. Ad Rock, an American rapper, was born in 66. Let's see. Daryl Worley, the country singer, 64. Rob Schneider, the comedian who's in Saturday Night Live and in most of Adam Sandler's movies was born in 63. Del Dermot Mulroney was born in 63. Let's see. Kate Campbell, American singer, 61. Moving right along. Moving right along. Who are all these people? Nick Saban, born on Halloween. Alabama football coach, 1951. John Candy, Canadian actor. Hilarious man, 1950. Keep on rolling. Brian Doyle Murray, the oldest of the Murray brothers, born in 1945. He was a writer for Saturday Night Live. And then an actor. He was in Caddyshack. Sally Kirkland, American actress, 1941. Not sure if that's... Anyone we know, man, there's just Dan Rather, Halloween, 1931, American journalist. I should have done this at the end of the thing, right? People are going to be turning this show off fast. I don't blame them. You gots to do what you gots to do. Man, I mean... Who are these people? Okay, that was the 1900s. Let's move on back behind it. There might be a name. But I don't see none I know. We're just looking. I'm going to have to talk to keep it from being dead air. Gosh, just none of these people. Boston Custer, the uh, brother of... George Armstrong Custer was born in 1848. He died in 1876 in the Battle of the Little Big Horn. Adelbert Ames, who was an American general for the South, and a politician, was governor of Mississippi, born in 1835. That would have been one of the earlier governors of Mississippi. John Keats, born in 1795, English poet. Katsushika Hakusai, a Japanese artist and printmaker, was born in 1960. I believe he did the big Japanese wave prints. Seems like that's the artist. Pope Clement was born in 1705. By the way, Hakusai was born in 1760. Uh, yeah. Now we get way back, pre-1600. Wang Yangming was a Chinese Neo-Confucius scholar, born in 1472. Vladislaw III, King of Poland, 1424. And then two kings of Portugal in the 1300s, born on Halloween. Oh, 
Although back then it probably wasn't Halloween, huh? No. All right. Okay, now. Ooh, it's getting warm in here. We're going to get into all the events that happened. Whoops. On Halloween through the span of time. You couldn't see my arm gesture, but it did gesture. In 2020, the Berlin-Brandenburg Airport opened its doors after nearly 10 years of delays due to construction issues and project corruption. Hooray. 2017, a truck drove into a crowd in Lower, Mo Lower Manhattan, New York City, killing eight people on Halloween. 2015, Metrojet Flight 9268 is destroyed in midair by a bomb over the Sinai Peninsula, killing all 224 people on board. That is tragic. Let's see. In 2014, during a test flight, the VSS Enterprise, a Virgin Galactic Experimental Spaceflight Test Vehicle, God, suffered a catastrophic in-flight breakup and crashed to the Mojave Desert, California. It w I don't think anyone was on it. In 2011, the global population of humans reached 7 billion, the highest it had ever been. The day is now recognized by the United Nations of Clowns as the day of 7 billion. I added of clowns, but it's well named. In 2003, Mahathir Ben Mohammed resigned as the Prime Minister of Malaysia was replaced by the Deputy Prime Minister, Deputy Prime Minister Abdullah Ahmad Badawi, marking an end to Mahathir's 22 years of power. Isn't that grand? In 2002, a federal grand jury in Houston, Texas, indicted the former Enron Chief Finance Officer Andrew Fastow on 78 counts of wire fraud, money laundering, conspiracy, and obstruction of justice related to the collapse of his ex-employer at Enron. <sighs> All I think of now when I think of Houston is my poor cousin getting killed in a botched drug bus shootout where a neighbor who didn't like my cousin's uh, husband or live-in man or whatever so he that she called the police and said that there was a drug house next door and so what was notoriously known as an overzealous uh, drug division of the Houston Police Department at night kicked in the door in plain clothes without saying who they were with full weaponry my cousin and her man's dogs met them at the door barking. The police shot the dogs dead. My cousin's man, all he saw was people in plain clothes shoot their dogs dead. I guess had a, a large caliber revolver nearby. He uh, shot two of the policemen. I don't think either one died, but they were gravely wounded. And when my cousin, the female, Regina, went into the front room where the dogs were down she went down to comfort one of her dogs and one of the policemen had dropped his shotgun when he got shot and another one coming in the door thought she was going for the shotgun and shot her dead my cousin 
first cousin, my Aunt Joanne's daughter. I probably talked about this before. That's what I think of when I think of Houston. Uh, ever since then, the woman who called the false tip is in jail. Good. Um, the higher end, the upper echelon of that department has been fired. The policeman on the rating team, I think, have been fired or on leave and then fired. I don't know. I know that, that people did get punished, but that didn't bring my cousin back to life. It's a real bitch. So, that's what I think of Houston. That is huge. And their football team's real bad. And the Astros are playing in the World Series, and they're down three games to one to the Atlanta Braves, and I hope the Braves beat them. In the year 2000, the Singapore Airline Flight 006 crashed on takeoff from Taipei, killing 83. Halloween. This is all Halloween. Also in the year 2000, Soyuz TM-31 launches and carries the first resident crew to the International Space Station. The International Space Station has been crewed continuously ever since. In 1999, Egypt Air Flight 990 crashed into the Atlantic Ocean near Nantucket, killing all 270 people, 217 people on board. Apparently, Halloween is not the night or day to fly anywhere. <sighs> big yawn. It's 1.30. It's a big yawn. In 1999, a yachtsman named Jesse Martin returned to Melbourne after 11 months of circumnavigating the world solo, non-stop, unassisted. Was he the first to do it? I don't know. In 1998, Iraq, the Iraq disarmament crisis began, where Iraq announced it would no longer cooperate with the United Nations weapons inspectors. And, you know, five years later, we had to go in and find all their gas, chemical weapons stashes, and find all the yellow cake uranium, and find evidence that a lot of the other stuff had been removed to Syria. And then, of course, we found hundreds of mass graves of Shiites killed by the Sunnis, who were Saddam and his people, and they ran the military and the government. But... But we were wrong, and Bush was wrong for going in. That place was a death box that needed to be stopped. Anyway, that's my opinion. Let's move it on. 1996, TAM, Transport Eros Regionalis Flight 402, crashed in Sao Paulo, Brazil, killing 99 people. Hey, let's not fly on Halloween. In 1994, American Eagle Flight 4184 crashed near Roslawn, Indiana, killing... 68 people on board. Golly, man. 1984, the Indian Prime Minister, Indira Gandhi. Oh, Gandhi was assassinated by two sick SIKH security guards. I thought the six were like Buddhists. Not Buddhists, but like them. You know, they were peaceful. Riots break out in New Delhi and other cities around the world. And about 3,000 six were killed. Because of the assassination. Wow. 1979, Western Airlines Flight 2605 crashed on landing in Mexico City, killing 73 people. 
Here's an interesting one. In 1973, the Mount Joy prison helicopter escape took place. Three members of the Irish Republican Army escaped from Mount Joy Prison in Dublin aboard a hijacked helicopter that landed in the exercise yard. So many questions. Why did it land in the yard? Was it supposed to so they could get out? Then it wouldn't be hijacked. That's just bizarre. Okay, in 1968, in the Vietnam War, the October surprise took place, citing progress with the Paris peace talks that have been going on. U.S. President Lyndon Johnson announced he would order a complete cease of all air, naval, and artillery bombardment of North Vietnam, Vietnam effective November 1st. And if or when it happened, North Vietnam would still do whatever they were doing. They never followed any treaties, any agreements, any talks, just like Japan and Germany in World War II, just like most of America's enemies, just like all terrorists. You know, sometimes I feel like we should just play as dirty as they do. And maybe we do. Minus the killing of innocents. Although we had to drop the atomic bombs. But more people exponentially would have been killed had that not happened. Um, you know, in 68, I guess it was January 31st is when the Tet Offensive took place. When there were, uh, we were under a truce, a ceasefire was being held for the Tet holiday where the Americans stood down and ceased all war actions and the North Vietnamese and the Viet Cong just continued their plans for massive attacks all across South Vietnam and then they had them and then we had to fight them back it was a big surprise but we ended up throwing off all attacks to almost all cities in South Vietnam except for a lengthy battle that waged for weeks in the city of Hue where once we finally pushed the North Vietnamese out of Hue we found a massive mass grave of Hue citizens that the North Vietnamese and the uh, Viet Cong had killed execution style that's our enemies and we have people in our own country that say we're the bad guys. If you think we're the bad guys, you're a freaking idiot. In 1963 on Halloween, a propane tank explosion at the Indiana State Fair killed 74 people and injured another 400 during an ice skating show. Wow. In 1961 on Halloween in the Soviet Union, Joseph Stalin's body is removed from the Lenin Mausoleum, also known as the Lenin Tomb. What'd they do with it? They eat it? In 1956, the Hungarian Revolution took place. Um, Non-communist parties were reformed and replaced by Josef Menzenti when he was released from prison. 
Soviet Politburo makes the decision to crush the revolution, and it does. Oh, so the Hungarian Revolution of 56 on Halloween was a failure. In 1956, also the Suez Crisis, the United Kingdom and France began bombing Egypt to force them to reopen the Suez Canal. Cool. In 1943, during World War II, an F-4U Corsair accomplished the first successful radar-guided interception by a United States Navy or Marine Corps aircraft, meaning the plane had radar and they found other planes out there before they were found. In 19, that was 43. In 1941, during World War II, the destroyer USS Reuben James was torpedoed by a German U-boat near Iceland and it killed more than 100 U.S. sailors. It was the first U.S. Navy vessel sunk by enemy action in World War II by the Germans. In 1941, after 14 years of work, Mount Rushmore is completed on Halloween Day. Isn't that neat? In 1940, the Battle of Britain ends. The United Kingdom prevailed over possible German invasion, uh, mainly by beating back the, uh, the air assault. In 1938, the Great Depression in an effort to restore investor confidence, the New York Stock Exchange unveiled a 15-point program aimed to upgrade protection for the investing public, which means for themselves, is what it means, which means to save their money and protect it because everybody else lost their ass. Oh, I got a little squeaky chair. Um, in 1924... World Savings Day was announced in Milan, Italy by the members of the Association of the First International Savings Bank. Yay. In 1923, the first of 160 consecutive 100-degree Fahrenheit days started in Marble Bar, Western Australia. 160 consecutive 100-degree days. Wow. On Halloween... Benito Mussolini in 1922 was made premier or prime minister of Italy. It did not end well for him, but he had a 20-year run, maybe a little longer. Oh, we're getting into World War One here a little bit. In 1918, the Astor Revolution terminates the Austro-Hungarian Compromise of 1867, and Hungary gets full sovereignty. This is, of course, towards the end of the war, World War I. 1917, the Battle of Beersheba took place. It was known as the last successful cavalry charge in history, 1917. In 1913, the Indianapolis streetcar strike and its subsequent riots began. So it began on Halloween. I guess it lasted longer. On Halloween of 1913, same time, the dedication of the Lincoln Highway, which was the first automobile highway across the United States, was completed. Was that, what was the Lincoln Highway? Was that, I've, was that, well, let's go see real quick what the Lincoln Highway is. Um, it ran from, it looks like around... Philadelphia 
to Chicago, across Iowa, Nebraska, uh, Wyoming with the T going down to Denver. Looks like I-80. I think the Lincoln Highway is I-80. I've driven some of it. It's Out west is just amazing. Especially dropping out of Wyoming into Salt Lake City area. That's really cool. It terminates in San Francisco. It is 3,389 miles. Lincoln Highway. Way to go. I guess it does something in near Lincoln, Indiana. Or where Lincoln was born in Indiana. Well, that was dedicated on Halloween 1913. Halloween 1907, the Parliament of Finland approved the Prohibition Act, but the law was not implemented because it was not ratified by the Tsar Nicholas II of Russia. So there was no prohibition in 1907. 1903, the Purdue wreck, which was a railroad train collision in Indianapolis, killed 17 people, including 14 players, of the Purdue University football team. Mm. We are Marshall. Uh, we'll roll it back a ways. In 1864, Nevada became the 36th U.S. state. In 1863, Halloween, the New Zealand Wars resume as British forces in New Zealand, led by General Duncan Cameron, begin their invasion of the Waikato. Oh, I bet that was against the uh, natives, the aboriginals there, the Maoris or something. That's not cool. In 1822, Emperor Augustin de Iturbide attempted to dissolve the Congress of the Mexican Empire. So it was a Mexican Empire back then? Wow. Yeah, that would have been before the Mexican War with the United States and vice versa. Only a few more to go, you few who were willing to listen to all this. In 1587, the Leiden University Library opened its doors after its founding in 1575. So they founded it in 1575 and then opened the doors of the library 12 years later. Nice. I guess they had to write the books. In 1517, the Protestant Reformation... Uh, uh, happened, Martin Luther posted his 95 Thesis on the door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg. Halloween of 1517. I guess it could have been a little bit of Halloween going on back then. <sighs> this is about when it started. These other dates were way before there was a Halloween. In 932, Abbasid Caliph al-Mukhtar was killed while fighting against the forces of General Munas al-Muzaffar. His brother was chosen to succeed to succeed him. Jeez. In 1802, Empress Irene is deposed and banished to Lesbos. Conspirators place Nikephoros, the Minister of Finance, on the Byzantine throne. Irene just doesn't sound like a Middle Eastern name. In 683, on this date, during the siege of Mecca, the Kaaba caught fire and burned down. Now, I've been wanting to know what the Kaaba is. Oh, that's the thing they all walk around, the big square block in the center of a huge courtyard. 
The Kaaba is spelled Kaaba or Kaaba, <laughs> sometimes referred to as Al Kaaba Al Musharafa. It's a center. It's a building at the center of Islam's most important mosque, the Masjid Al Haram in Mecca, Saudi Arabia. It's the most sacred site in Islam. It is considered by Muslims to be Bayat Allah and blah 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 blah. I bet that's a smelly place. One more. In 475, Romulus Augustulus was proclaimed the Western Roman Emperor. Way to go, bro. Let's see here. October 31st is the 304th day of the year, 305th in a leap year. I don't know, remember the last time we had a leap year. It's been like three years. And it is, this is the Gregorian calendar. Um, 61 days remain until the end of the year after today. 61 days. Hmm. It'll be 61 days of deer hunting and duck hunting and uh, some holidays and food and some family and hanging out with my date, my girly. What else can we talk about? We're, we're, it's fall here, finally. It's very cool out, but not cold. Feels good. Let's see, I traded my pickup in for a new pickup. Pretty stoked about that. I've got an art show in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, November 6th and 7th. That is in six days so I'll drive down on Friday holy moly I'll drive down on Friday stay with some friends get something good to eat some seafood or something and go do the show two days and uh, maybe sell some uh, metal sculptures sell some books I've written I can talk about this I never do uh, when I was almost done with college I decided I wanted to learn how to write properly like feature writing creative writing news article writing was part of it but I was into the creative writing I took screenplay writing all these writing classes editing classes and I was keeping a journal and as soon as I graduated I started writing a book hmm <sighs> It took a few years to get it together because I, I really didn't know what I was doing. But I liked the final product. And I was like, well, I'll just find a publisher. Well, I never did. It's nearly impossible. I mean, I, you would have to spend all your time trying to find either an editor who you'd have to pay, an agent who would make money off of you, or a publisher who you would get a small percentage, same as with a agent. You know, you get twelve percent of sales. You know, they're just looking for the for the publishers and agents are just looking for the uh, formulated novel that goes with the what's the word? 
the trends of the year. And I don't look those up and then try to write that. I write what I want to write. And believe it or not, I've written seven books. Four that I was confident enough to have printed in short runs, which means like 200 books. I'll order 200 books from a printer. So I have to write the book, edit the book, make sure the font and the margins are correct, the pages are correct. I have to design the cover, the back cover. Um, the spine is just, you know, the name of the book and your name down at the bottom. I have to do all that and like it before I will take it to these art shows that I do and set up a table to the side of all my other stuff with them laid out for sale $10 a book. Well, I've got four that I've had printed out that I'm happy with. I've got nothing but good feedback from uh, readers that have given, that have took the time to give me feedback. I've not gotten any bad feedback. I impressed my father who've read constantly everything as far as mystery writing and all the top writers, you know, bestsellers and stuff since he was, you know, a preteen. He died last year. He was 88. So that's a lot of reading. And when he, I impressed him with my second book that I'd printed out. It was the third one I'd written, but I'd printed it second. Well, I impressed him with that. I felt like I've done all I need to do when it comes to like creating something great. I don't have, I don't I don't feel the need to do anymore. But I still write, and I've, I've I wrote another one, and I've got ooh, two more on my computer, and another one that I just wrote this year that I just need to go through one or two times, and I'll probably print it next. The there's one a historical fiction one that's way too long to. It would not be feasible to print, do a short run print on that. And then there's a prequel to the one that my dad really liked. But I have all these books and I have boxes of them on a shelf upstairs in a closet. And I just, I put them all in a carry box to the shows and lay them out. And I sell several a show, you know, and I pay for my gas or whatever. And I'm getting the book out there and stuff. I'm not even trying to find publishers and editors, you know, it's just, you know, I should, and some, every, about once a year, I'll start out, you know, sending out query letters, and, and seeing if someone will bite, and, and want to work with it, or read it, or give it a shot, uh, really, I apologize for the show, and really, I'm hoping that, like, someone will either come across the book, somehow, or I'll meet someone that has connections. And, you know, that's about how it has to happen. And if that if that could ever happen, all the hard work's done. I've written the books. Um, I don't even know what I would write next. I, I would have to sit and think about it. The last book I just wrote this year... I was like, I just want to write the craziest, most off-the-wall, bizarre, completely tongue-in-cheek, made-up novel 
and see how it hammers out. And it ended up being about an island where all the classical monsters lived. So you had witches, not a lot of them. There was a coven of witches. You had werewolves. You had a couple of groups of werewolves that lived on the island, but they were always wolves because the moon was always full above the island, which was enshrouded like Kong Island with you know fog and clouds. Um, you had vampires, you know, several vampires that lived together on the island. You had some Frankensteins. There weren't many of them who were like the guards and the lookouts who like walked the trail around the edge of the, that ran around the edge of this island, which was offshore of like Finland or north of England, somewhere up there where it's cold and, and dank or dark, whatever. And, um... Also on the island, you had zombies walking around aimlessly, worthless. And you had headless horsemen who all looked the same except they had no head. They just all dressed the same. And they just, they like would run around bumping into stuff. And if they ran into something alive, they would try to throw it down and kick it to death. Usually it was other headless horsemen or the zombies. The Frankensteins like to just, when they're hanging out by the trail and either one of those aimless monsters came by, they'd either push them off the cliff or they'd mush the heads of the zombies or just mess, they had this wry grin sense of humor. My friend Mark Brown drew me a Frankenstein monster drawing for the cover. You know, my monster that was just harsh looking but had a wry smile like just the corner of his mouth was up in a, in a grin but just barely because he was up to no good he just kind of he was devious but the whole dynamic of all the monsters on this island kind of worked as all truces and some allied together sometimes they didn't ally at all but the way they lived was when ships would pass the island, and it would be, this is early 1800s, so wooden sailing ships, when they came by the island, there was this bad reef near the island where the currents or the winds would almost always steer a boat into. The boat would hit this reef and drift back and sink or sink on the reef or whatever, and the survivors that could survive the water and the wreck and the waves and all the turmoil would swim to shore. And once they were ashore, a Frankenstein would see them and turn inland and make a big loud moan. And it was up to whoever heard it as far as the monsters to, you know, close in on these human survivors to feed off of them. And if they had truces and the vampires got them, they would like make trades or share with the witches. And the wolves were animals, so they never shared. And so they were always getting in trouble with the others. The Frankensteins didn't eat. Anyway, it just all, it wrote itself. And it's kind of a short novel, kind of like Goddamn L.A., which is a short novel about an actor disenchanted with Hollywood trying to get out. But, uh... Man, it was a lot of fun to write. 
and it really wasn't hard and it really didn't take long but I guess because I've been doing this since the 1990s it's just you know bang bang pow you knock them out go back through them a few times and, and when I'm comfortable with it that I can put it on a table for someone to buy and read and not say well, I'll never buy one of those books again I'm comfortable like that, I will put it out there and it'll be ready next spring. So I guess if any of you listeners want a book, you need to go to my website, harrymday.com and there's information on there and then you have to contact me through email on the contact page and tell me which book you want or just Send me an email and talk, you know, tell me, tell me what's going on. Tell me what you like to read and I'll offer something and then we'll make, make it happen. But that is tonight's episode. It's 2 a.m. This took about 45 minutes. I've got to figure out a song to knock this baby out. And then I can go to bed and get up, have breakfast and watch some football NFL style. So, to reiterate the ending of my program, I want you to be in touch with your family. If you have not been in touch with a family member for whatever reason, for an amount of time, swallow your pride, because pride is BS, and get in touch and reach out and make that connection, reconnect, whatever. Apologize, forgive, or just say hi, wanted to hear your voice, wanted to say hi, do you need anything, I'm good, blah, blah. Now with your friends, you've got to let your friends know that you're there for them. You've got to be a good friend. If you have old friends you had not talked to in a while and you feel like it, look one up. Give them a call or, or just send them a, a text or an email. See how they're doing. Reconnect or keep that connection going. And then what we have on this 8 billion human planet are sadly a bunch of strangers. And the way to remedy the stranger is to be kind and talk with one. Doesn't matter where. Luckily, I'm in the American South where we'll talk to anybody about anything at any time. It doesn't matter if you're in the grocery store at the line or at the meat counter or if you're at a gas station. People like to talk in the South. I love it here. You talk, you smile, you say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, you're welcome. Smile. The patented ripple effect of kindness will ring out to others. You're real kind to someone at the gas station. They smile. Now they're in a good mood. The next person comes up to the counter. They're in a good mood. And they're, they're like, hey, here's your change. Thanks for coming in. And then they're like, oh, that was they're nice too. It, it ripples. It works. The South has perfected it. And uh, I've lived out of the South where people don't want to talk to you. And they don't want you to talk to them because they don't know you. And they, I guess they just have no faith, you know. So I have a little faith and uh, be a good person. Love your neighbor. 
and ripple out and spread what we like to call, especially during the Noel, but we're not there yet. We like peace. Thank you.